Welcome to the Finding Faster Podcast. It's almost race week for Ironman 70.3 Santa Rosa. Today I have joining me my husband, Coach Dave LaTourette. Welcome, Dave. Thanks, Jen. It's good to be here. It's at, uh, I was going to say it's almost race week, but it really is race week because it's a Saturday <laughs> race, so we are six days away. Yeah, we're six days away from the Santa Rosa 70.3, and athletes want to know all kinds of stuff about of course they do. Sonoma County, <laughs> wine country, the weather, the race, who's here, who's not here. But first, who are you? So tell us a little bit about yourself. So... It can be long because we're old. I'm old. I'm older than you are. But okay, in a nutshell, sound re- bites. The reality is, is I'm a coach. It's what I've always done. I have a background in kinesiology, physical education. Um, so a coach endurance athletes, a lot of triathletes predominantly always have. And I'm an adjunct instructor and a coach at Santa Rosa Junior College. But also, too, maybe more importantly for this race is I am one of your race announcers at Santa Rosa 70.3. So... All that in a nutshell. He's also a soccer coach. He's not telling you that, but he has a (laughs) soccer coaching background as well. A little bit. I know about him. So, um, so you said that you're the one of the announcers for the seventy point three. So, how did you get involved with um, Santa Rosa seventy point three? Well, it goes back to to working with Russ Pugh and and the Vine Man races, and I started announcing. Well, I started announcing not at those races because I had other duties that I did with Russ when I was working for him. Um, so really some of my announcing comes from, it goes way back. I even had a work study job in college. So I started announcing a little bit in college and then I got into announcing some of uh, short distance races and then moved on from working with Russ and he wanted to keep me on as an announcer. So I started working with Russ and then Russ sold his races to Ironman or to WTC. So I started at the going from Vineman races to the Santa Rosa races, and now I've also picked up other races with Ironman, which has been great too. Santa Cruz 70.3, worked races like Alcatraz, and but also uh, this year I'll be in Ironman Chattanooga, and I'll be at Ironman Louisville. Great. So with the 70.3 on the horizon here, what do you feel like are some key things athletes need to know about Um, information about the area or the race what are some some real quick tidbits that you could say hey you just got to Santa Rosa what do you need to well well the biggest thing that that I'm always trying to get the point across to athletes be it online forums or be it through as anything media sources like a podcast is read your race athlete guide and really if you read your athlete guide and you understand the sort of the progression of how the days work it's perfect follow that up with a race briefing because we can go into more detail at our race briefings for all the athletes out there um, also understand in Santa Rosa traffic, um, sometimes there's traffic, sometimes there's not, but plan that there's going to be traffic. And ahead of time, just, just have a plan, just have a logistical plan ahead of time so you know how you and your Sherpa and your family, your friends can sort of navigate all the, the stresses that start to come as the race gets a little closer. Right, so this is a Saturday race? It's a Saturday right. race. Okay. And when are, what's the best day or the day that you see most athletes come into town into registration? Like when is it busiest? Most athletes are coming in, um, they'll be, most athletes will be here, come in on Friday. They're all of our regional athletes that are within a few hours of, of Santa Rosa, be it Sacramento, even Southern California. So Friday tends to be a really busy day. And even Thursday later in the day, 
what we tend to see is when people check in, I say register, but really they're just checking in and getting their athlete, their gear and their bib numbers is the lines get long right before race briefings. People try and time it with race briefings. So my recommendation is, is if you come in to do check-in and a race briefing, maybe go to the race briefing first and then go to the athlete check-in. It'll all still make sense to you overall. And it, I think it save, may save you time if, you, if the line is big and you don't want to wait in line. Right. So that's a great point because you never know um, when you get here, you know, what kind of um, length of time you're expecting to spend at the expo and, you know, getting registered and all that. Um, so that brings up a good point. What days are the athlete meetings? And Well, they're, again, if the athletes read their guide. <laughs> <laughs> That's always important. There's three, there's three each day, three on Thursday, three on Friday. And I'm not going to tell you the times because I'm going to make them read their athlete guide. Okay. But you have six opportunities to go to a briefing where we'll go through all the logistical details, any potential changes. And then myself and my co-announcer, Eric Gilson we're there to answer questions for everybody after too. So if we don't cover it or need clarity, you can come up and, and speak. Okay, to us. so if, if athletes head downtown to the to the expo and registration area, they can they can find you down there somewhere and ask you some questions even if they, you know, are missing the athlete yeah. briefing. Well the easiest whatever. thing is if they can get to a briefing, I mean and the volunteers in the tent are good and there's an info tent as well. But what happens with especially on Friday with our briefings, we have they're all two hours apart. We have a pro a pro panel that's mixed in there, some other stuff. So on Friday, there's so many moving parts. My recommendation is just get to a briefing and then we'll answer questions after. Right. Okay. So that brings me to Friday, which is basically the day before the race, almost go time. Right. Um, I know that the transition area for T1 is pretty far away. Can you let athletes know how far that it's is? It's 35 miles up to Lake Sonoma. My recommendation is if you're going to check your bike yourself, which you can do that, or Tri Bike Transport has an option for you to pay for transport up there. If you're going to do that, I would do that earlier in the day. Uh, if you wait until afternoon and you have to come back and you're staying in Santa Rosa, you don't want to deal with traffic. It's Friday. There's Friday. There's just going to be week weekday traffic. So you do have all day. You don't have to stress about it. Um, the only thing you do have to get to Transitionary 1 the day before on Friday is your bike. Your gear bag can go with you Saturday morning. Great, great. And then I understand there's a busing system to get up to the lake. Yep. Um, how? What's your experience with that? The, it's really the best way to do it. We tell everybody that at the briefing. It's in the athlete guide. It's the recommendation is if even if you're here with family and you're in staying in Santa Rosa and it's convenient, the easiest way to do it is just to take the bus because the bus drops you off at what I refer to as the front door right at the entrance of T1 as opposed to coming in with family and worrying about them parking or whatever it is and then having to walk from somewhere into the transition area. Yeah, the part, there's really no parking up there um, from what yeah, I, it, I remember. Yeah, it's limited and if you're coming in a little bit late, it's it's just it's and the easy. buses are nice. The they're, buses are easy. They're, they're like low luxury, stress. Luxury buses, yeah, limo buses. <laughs> yeah, and they're low stress. Low stress, and then um, so for families, they can get on the bus with their no, athletes. No, families can Families, if they want to go to the swim, they do have to drive up. Okay. You know, if you really want to see your athlete at the start and come out of the swim, then you can. There is places to park, and they may, it may be being parked at the visitor center, being shuttled up the hill. That's the other option as well. So if you really want to do that, that option is there. But also realize it's going to take you some time to get back to town. And 
most people probably don't want to miss their athlete getting off the bike either. Yeah, that's agreed. Excellent. Excellent information there, Dave. So um, I wanted to kind of dive into the race a little bit um, as far as not logistics and stuff. I know you kind of went over that um, course tips and logistics of this course and the race and stuff on your podcast. Um, and what was that podcast called? Endurance and Performance Podcast. And it should drop on Monday, which is the, what's the date today? So today is the, the 21st. So today is the, today's the 21st. Right. And it should drop on the 23rd or 24th. Okay. So for those of you wanting more like course logistical information or pacing guidelines and, and um, race day tips, you're going to find that on that podcast. Um, today here, I get an opportunity to interview the the, the announcer, which is always kind of fun. I've always thought that was neat. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a, a unique, fun situation. So from um, the race announcer's point of view, tell me a little bit about this race. Like, what pros can we expect? Are there any up-and-coming pros? Are there any big names? I mean, what do you, what do you, what are you seeing as, as being the fun part the, of this show? The, the fun part, everyone asks about this really with announcing. Oh, it must be really fun. And I said, you know, at a certain level it is. I get to meet a lot of people. Uh, and everyone thinks it's fun. Oh, you get to see the pro race. And yeah, I get to see the pro race. But really... You get up at 3 a.m. <laughs> yeah, but I have to get up at 3 a.m. And I have to get up to the lake. And I have to, you know, I have to chase my tail a little bit with the with the two transition areas. And it's good. Eric and I work together. So we split it and, and we get it done. But um, the great thing about this race, and this goes back to the history with the Vineman races, the 70.3 races. It, there's always been a strong pro field at these races. And I talked about a little bit in my podcast. I don't go into depth about it, but the it's the t- the time of year, the location, and there's a $50,000 prize purse. It's also one of the first wow. it's also one of the first races in the qualifying for 70.3 Worlds in 2020, not 2019. So 2020 in New Zealand. So not only are age groupers racing for that, but pros have a slot as well. So it's a a really deep field will start 50 to 60 pro men and women. And actually that's almost an even split 50, 50 men and women that are on the start list. And not only deep in terms of the amount of pros, but the quality of pros is really good as well. Great. So we're getting some, anybody that we might know. Off yeah, I think, or? I mean, I think people would, if you follow, whether you follow this race or other races, if we look at the, uh, on the women's race, Marinda Carfrey, um, is she's defending her title here. So, and she's in really good form. She's in really good form. She's raced really well at 70.3 races this year. And what's interesting is, is people think that she's just been the Ironman world champion. And right. she's so much more, because when we look back at her history, she was a 70.3 world champion. And then she started to transition to, to Ironman's type racing. So Rennie's racing, not only is she racing, but she's on good form too. So Rennie's is she, if she has a good swim and gets out with the right people, she's probably the, the favorite. Meredith Kessler, who has won multiple times at the old Vineman race, is racing. Local? Um, formerly of. local, used to yeah. live in San Francisco, back in Ohio now. Pamela Oliveira from Brazil is a good swimmer, so she'll be in the mix early on. Um, we have Paula Finley from Canada, Olympian, former Olympian. She's racing. Um, I'm trying to think now. Jocelyn McCauley is racing. Jennifer Spieldenner. And uh, there's a couple of others too, but when we look at the women's pro field, it's really strong. And what about any greenhorns? Any any young girls that it's, are out it, here trying their there's put a lot, their toe in the pool? There's a well, there's a lot. There's a lot of new names. Uh, to be honest with you, when we look at them, there's a lot of athletes in there that go to seventy point three races and finish fifth to eighth to tenth. That if they have a good day, 
maybe they're in the mix. Someone's on form. They're on, they're you know, and maybe some young pro is really targeting this race, where some of the more well-renowned pros maybe aren't targeting this race so much, but it's just part of their process into bigger races for the year. Right. So I was going to say, what what would be the value for a, a more top-tier pro to like a runny to do this race? Well, I think it's timing for them. Uh, and it's always been. And that's the way it was with Vineman, too. The time of year, so they are at about, they're two and a half months, so they're about 11 weeks or so to, to, for the ones that are going to Kona. When I say Kona, that's Meredith Kessler, that's Rennie, that's Jocelyn McCauley, it's Jennifer Spielbender. They're all Kona qualified, so this is probably maybe one one of their last big races before they get into their, their sure. Kona prep. So And there's money, and there's good prize money right. here, and it's a good location. You know as well That's as good, I do. It's a beautiful it's course. It's a good destination, and it looks the same you know, on the men's side. It's similar as well. Defending, yeah, so who are the men? Defending champion, two-time defending champion Sam Appleton is back racing, and when he comes here, he's always on form. Whether it was Vineman races, which he's won up there or here, he's always on form, and the course suits him. So um, he's got a big target on his back, two-time defending champion, and I don't think anyone's going to let him go very far right. during the race. Yeah, and, he's and, a great, and, very solid. And he's good across athlete. everything. Everyone expects him to fade on the run, and he just doesn't. It just no. He throws down the Sammy Whammy on the bike. <laughs> and he's, he's got spots where he likes to do it. I'm not going to say where, but those have figured him out and knows, know where that is. And he gets a little Ricky Bobby on the run if you don't watch him. Game first, your last. Uh, <laughs> Tim Reed, Tim's been training in Boulder, and he's getting ready for Kona. So this will probably be his last U.S. race maybe before he goes back home to Boulder. Um, excuse me, to Australia. Um, and then Timothy O'Donnell, so Rennie's husband, Tim. Yeah. He's raced well here in Santa Rosa the last couple of years, third and fourth. And then if we look down the start list, there's some guys that you... Oh, Jackson Laundry as well. Jackson was second here last year, so right. he's in the mix of all well, young Canadian... And then three other guys, when you look at it, you tend to, people tend to look at the top of start lists. Right, and the top five the guys. The seated guys. Like, yeah, oh, who are the guys? People, I don't know that people are looking down the list and see, oh, look, Eric Lagerstrom is racing. Young American who's done well at short distance and is also cutting his teeth now and doing well at 70.3. So Eric Lagerstrom will be one to watch. Luke McKenzie, who hasn't raced here in years. Wow, yeah. Um, so Luke is on the start list. He's farther down. I almost missed him when I looked. I go, oh. I That's went. a blast yes. from the past. So Luke is racing, and I hope he's here, and I hope he starts. It'll be good to see him race. Yes. And then TJ Tollickson, which you've known for years oh, and years. Yeah. So TJ's farther down the alphabetical list, and um, he come, tends to come to Santa Rosa or Sonoma County and race well, too. And there's other guys on the list and women. You can't discount anybody, but it's there's too many people on there to just... Needless to say, it's going to be an interesting, no, it'll fun be good. race to watch. It'll be very dynamic, especially if you're a fan of the yeah. of the of the sport. So and, to speak. and it's a fair course. I mean, right out of the gate, as soon as they cross the bridge on Lake Sonoma, Definitely. it's a fair course and it's dynamic. So it's it's good racing, and they like that. That's the other thing the pros like that it's an honest course. Yes, I mean we've seen some pretty good throwdowns yeah, out here. So with that uh, thought, let's talk about. Um, Let's do the course breakdown. So our swimmers, who do you think we're going to see maybe come out? I'm sure there's going to be some preems, right? Um, there's no preems. Uh, they don't use any preem structures. So, you know, on in the on the women's race, I think Pamela Oliveira from Brazil, but Jennifer Spieldenner, um, Alicia Kay is another person who's in there. I didn't mention her, but Alicia Kay comes from... Uh, Uber swimmer. She's a good swimmer. So I think there's going to be a good front group on the swim. And the, and the differentiation there is going to be how far back is Rennie? on the women's race, right. is from that lead group. If she's within a couple minutes, it's game on because she's been riding well. 
And some of the races that she's been riding wheel with, she comes out of the water with Heather Wirtel. Well, Heather Wirtel's not here. Not here. <laughs> she was last year. She was in Victoria. So, uh -oh. um, But she'll find somebody to ride with. So I think there's going to be a small group that'll separate on the swim for the women's race. And then the question will be, for Rennie is how far back from that group is she and does she have people to kind of motivate off of but it's a yeah. good course for her I think we can find uh, be confident that Rennie will find a good set of feet yep. to coast on yep. so uh, with the men who do you think would come out of the water first Roka we need a first out of the water deal yeah they heard the Roka first out of the water they still do that with the age group yeah. but so on the men's side I think Timothy O'Donnell has proven he can swim well I don't know that he will lead out of the water even though he did it bolder but I think Sam Appleton will be in that lead group. Um, Tim Reed has gradually improved his swim, and it depends on is there going to be someone that can really put the axe down at the beginning of the swim and get a, get a gap. And I'm going to look at Eric Lagerstrom. Eric Lagerstrom could be the guy to do that, to get a gap, and maybe get some one or two guys to go with him. It would not surprise me if he gets one or two guys to go with him and he goes clear on the bike and goes clear for a long period of time. But So why do you think that? And just his swim background. He's raced ITU. He's done it before. He's done it at races like Oceanside. And it's not that he may stay away the whole bike, but he might get, a, get away a bit on the bike. And sometimes on this course, you get a little out of sight, out of mind, right. the way it twists and turns. But then I think if T.O. doesn't get in, get in with, with Eric, it's going to be T.O. and Sam and Jackson and um, Tim Reed and, and a group. But it's going to be a bigger group that's going to be dynamic together. And that should include Luke McKenzie as well in TJ Tollickson. All right, and that's a good point. I mean, this course is very rolly and twisty, and it's it's really easy for the bike, I think, to separate. Absolutely. And um, if you get those Uber swimmers, they can create some gaps, especially if they're good swim bikers. Right, right. So, um, well, let's take it on over to the bikers then. Who who are you, who are the, the bikers um, that are going to crush we'll start the... With the... start with the men's side. I think Jackson Laundry is very strong, and Eric Lagerstrom are very strong as well. Um, but Sam Appleton has consistently put up one of the fastest times on the bike course here. So when we and look what, at it, what is that fastest time? It's like two two oh two oh three last year. It was a little awesome. faster because there was no swim, so they pushed a little harder. So for the fastest pro men, we're looking at a two oh two oh two two oh three two oh five, depending on conditions and and who it is. And conditions um, look to be good so far. Oh, well, they'll be good for the pros. It's always good because they're done so early. Right. Um, but. I don't think anyone's going to let Sam get very far up the road. And if Eric is up the road out of the swim, it's not going to be by more than a minute. So I think when the, when this bike course, when they get on the men get off the bike, it's just going to be a, a, a reasonable group or a couple groups that are within a minute of each other. So I, that two ish hour mark and first sometimes, what do you think ballpark? They'll be low twenties. Low twenties. Yeah. Low twenties. And, and it'll be likely be an, very likely could be a no wetsuit swim for the pros and a wetsuit swim for right. the age groupers. Yeah, so the water can be warmer here than most people yeah. think. What's the current water temp right now? Well, it was last one we got was 71, but the next week or so it's going to be 95 to 100 up. up in Cloverdale, not in Santa Rosa. Don't freak out. Up in mm -hmm. Cloverdale. So it'll, I think, will be wetsuit legal for the age groupers and probably non wetsuit for the pros. Yeah, so that's a very good point. I, um, I should probably point that out is that Cloverdale is where is basically the city that's closest to where the swim venue is, and the temperatures tend to run an average of what, like ten degrees. It can be anything warmer. from even eight to ten. Sometimes it's only two or three. It really depends on the weather, right. but it's always warmer up north than it is down right. there. Right, we have more of a, a marine layer influence. 
in this area of, of town where the run course is. So, um, okay, so off the bike around the two-ish mark, what about the ladies? So the ladies... This one in the bike times. Um, you know, they're going to they're gonna be mid-20s for a swim. Depends on how hard they push it and wetsuit, not wetsuit. So a couple of minutes on the swim. And then the bike, they'll be somewhere between... They'll be under 220, I would think, the fastest mm-hmm. cyclist. And the ladies' race tends to break up a little bit more. I don't think there's any singular athlete, for instance, like a, like a Holly Lawrence or someone like that that tends to... You know, swim really well and ride exceptionally well and then tries to, you know, keep that lead. So I, I do think we're going to have the women's race be a little bit more, I'll, I'll say, bunched up per Closer se. Closer together. So I, I do think when they get off the bike, it's there's going to be a – like the men's race, it's going to be really good racing. It's, it's not going to be ones and twos and ones. It's going to be two groups or one uh, larger group. And, again, the same people I talked about being our sort of highlighted athletes, they're the ones – that I think will be there at the end of the bike. And that would be a Meredith Kessler, who is a very good swim cyclist. I think Rennie at some point gets herself up to that group. Um, the Jocelyn McCauley's Jennifer Spieldenner, who's going to swim really, really well. And then um, Alicia Kay. Oh, she's going she's gonna to be there. And Paula Finley for sure, because Paula Finley is going to be at the front of the swim. So I'd ex- I wouldn't, I'd expect someone like Paula Finley to either lead off the bike or be in that lead group getting off the bike. So potential for a really uh, competitive yeah. women's oh, race. Oh, absolutely. For sure. I think the women's race, as much as the men, sometimes it hasn't always been that way here. We've had really competitive men's races, and the women's races have tended to kind of had a blowout. Well, they sort of this, they've seemed to sort themselves really early in the day. Right. Uh, where I think I think this weekend is going to be really different. So if we talk about finish and the run, um, and I hope we see it again, but we saw it. I think it was the last year or one of the last years of Vineman 70.3. We really had six guys together. I remember this race. It was so exciting. Starting the run. And I keep getting the info and I'm announcing it. But we had six guys together at mile eight. And no one could break each other. Terenzo Bozzoni, Tim Tim Reed, Craig Alexander, um, Sam Appleton, Andy, Andy Potts. Andy I mean, Potts. it was a monster group of dudes. And you're like, when is this thing going to Who's going to win? Yeah. And finally, at like mile eight and a half, one guy starts to peel off and then another guy. And then it was fantastic. And, and it would not surprise me to see something similar to that. But I don't think we have enough equity in the men's field that we'll see that many guys together right. on the run. So maybe, maybe a group of two or three. Maybe three or four, but I know Sam's going to try and get away on the bike. He always right. likes that, so I think Sam's going to try and go. Hear that, boys? you got to chase Sam down. Yeah, so, um, but in the end of the day, I'm, I'm picking Sam for the win because it's really hard to look over oh, him. Oh, you're throwing you know? down your picks. So I'm going to go um, Sam, I'm going to go Tim Reed, and I'm going to go Tim O'Donnell. That's going to be right. my top three. Yeah. So you got to put T.O. in there. Okay, what about the ladies? Same, same thing with the ladies. I think we could see a bunch of ladies, but I Rennie. think the, I think the difference, yeah, on the run for them is that I think the separation happens early. Oh yeah. If especially um, on this course, don't you think? If, if Rennie's together with the front group, we're gonna see what kind of form she's in because she she will leave T two with little rockets on, right. and it'll, she'll just make a statement. Will Paula Finley go with her? I don't know anybody other than Paula that could maybe run with Rennie. That might be the only person who can run with her. So if Rennie's in that group, then I think it is, it's Rennie and Paula for a long time together. Right. And we'll see who separates at that yeah. point. Um, and then you have the, you know, the rest of the field coming in. So for me, I think at the end of the day, it's Paula or Rennie. And I'm going to go with Paula. And mm-hmm. I like Rennie. But I just think Paula had a lead on Rennie at Victoria. 
and has had a little injury sneak up. So if she's healthy, um, let's say Paula, and if, if, if she's not healthy and maybe she doesn't even start, I'm going to go with Rennie. I'm going to go with Meredith Kepler, Kessler because I think she's going to have just good juju magic for coming back to yeah. – she loves to race here. Meredith loves to race And she's comfortable here. here. So The two moms. Uh, so MBK – and then I'm gonna and I'm gonna go with Jennifer Spieldinner in the top three. So, um, Rennie, Rennie, well, Jennifer will be I'm gonna say fourth if Paul is not racing. So tell me a little bit about Jennifer in case our listeners don't know who she is. She she's a former ITU athlete, and I don't think she does. She did her first Ironman at Chattanooga last year, got her qualifying spot for Kona, and I think she's been laying low, um, but she always swims well. She's always at the front of the race, out of the swim, and through the bike. Um, and she's had good results. She just hasn't won any big races that people say, oh, yeah, I know Jennifer Spieldinner. But also people look at her last name and don't know how to, don't pronounce, know how to pronounce it. But anyway, right? so um, and I just say that just because she's raced here before. And I think people that have raced in Sonoma County before understand there's certain dynamics of the course in the county that help having that course knowledge. Right. So um, are you going to be, as one of the announcers, doing any pro talks this week where if athletes want to come and, you know, maybe ask a question or yeah, we only, see their favorite um, pro? We only have, we only have one um, <coughs> pro talk, and that's on Friday at 11 a.m. Um, I know we'll have T.O. will be there. Rennie will be there. Um, and I don't have the rest of the list. They're trying to finalize it. I think Eric Lagerstrom will be there. Um, Sam will be there and Tim Reed maybe will be there. So we'll, we'll, we'll be able to social media that out and Ironman will social media it out as well at the end of the week, just because sometimes athletes make like last minute decisions not to come right. with a gingery or right. whatever. So, uh, predicted finish times, women first, um, women will be, someone's going to go four Oh something, I think to win four change four Oh nine, four ten, four eleven. Um, it really is going to depend if we have two women together really pushing it on the run that will happen and the men will be 340 something oh so so definitely sub four absolutely so um let's switch gears a little bit and go on over to age groupers Mm -hmm. um when do what are some top age groupers that are in your mind that you've seen that are maybe here may may race well that are Shooting for worlds. You know, I haven't honestly have not looked at the age group start list because it tends to be. Um, we also also have a lot of new people that come into the sport or haven't raced here before. But it seems to be, I start to see people and names, and it's the same. It's the same, same people. people. Right. Um, so I haven't really looked at it. Um, Any to local be folks with you. like? Oh, we have a lot San of San lo- Francisco. We have East a lot of. Bay, well, it, yeah. I mean, Club. again, I haven't I haven't looked at the names, but you know, there's there's always people that that tend to come and race well here and we get go down a list of all those athletes but um i think more we should maybe our we have a lot of local athletes that will race as well you know so um it's but in general with the age group race it's always one of the strongest and fastest age group races not only in the country but in the world again it goes back to time of year location accessible on the west coast from a lot of athletes um, you know, we have athletes, beautiful that, course. yeah, beautiful course. And then we have athletes we don't see for four or five years and then they show up and they crush it and then they disappear for three years and they come back and they do it again. So right. it's, it's a big, it's an international race, but we're going to see athletes from all over the country here. Right. Um, all right. I think, uh, what do you think, what is your prediction for the weather this weekend? If you could be the weatherman, everybody always seems <laughs> to like to talk about that. <laughs> 
seems to be one of the first well, things. Well, the highest forecast right now for here, where we are near the course on the run for a high of 90 degrees. Again, that can change a little bit as we go. But the good thing about it is race mornings are always cool regardless so a large part of your morning is going like to be arm warmer cool or need a jacket well, it, on the bike it depends cool if you're used what? to racing here you can probably go without anything but i used to come and race here before i moved here from warmer climates and i always wanted to put on something like arm warmers a really snug vest i usually i typically raced with toe covers on my shoes mainly because my feet would get cold from the cold air coming through my shoes but again that was me coming from hot and humid environments as opposed to training and racing here. But one thing to realize, if you're coming off of that lake and the air is cool, that initial descent is fast and it will chill you. So if you're worried about getting cold, take that into consideration. And from an announcer's viewpoint, when do you, for spectators, like when do you tend to see the heaviest traffic start coming along the finish line? Like, let's say you watched your athlete <coughs> swim and you know you're coming down off the hill. You know, do you, can, do you have time to go volunteer or grab a cup of coffee? Well, and when uh, should they be downtown? Well, we talked about that before. If if you go to the swim and you watch your athlete at the swim, I mean, that's going to take them two forty five, three hours, three hours thirty to do the bike. So it should it does give people time to get back and not panic. But if they're trying to stop somewhere along the way and see their athlete, they're probably going to miss them coming into T two. It really just depends on where they're going to see them. With a rolling start, there tends not there tends to be less of this big influx of athletes finishing at one time. But I think our biggest athlete influx in time is like five and a half to six and a half hours probably. Right. For race their race times. From their start time. Right. Not from the go the gun time. What time does the pro race start? Uh, we think we start at six thirty. Pro men six thirty and pro women at six thirty two or six thirty three. And then age groupers? We'll start them about probably six forty or six forty five and then it's a rolling start from there. Right. And then um let's say you want to see your athlete on the bike. Um it gets I know there's some very dangerous spots on this course for bike traffic and car traffic. If you were gonna say, Hey mom, this is the place to go see your athlete. Where would you recommend that that spot to be? Well, to be honest with you, for this well, maybe race, two spots. for this for this race, I would almost say to not even bother, because it's for the Ironman race, it's, they have more time for them right. to get around. But the really the one place, to be honest with you, there really isn't one place on this course that's the that would be a great place to stop and see your athlete. If they could. You know, if they could get off at Airport Boulevard and make their way over to Sky Lane, where Sky Lane intersects with Shiloh, that will, could be one place to do it. But if you do that, it's going to be a struggle to get yourself back to town in time to get parked and get to where you want to see your athlete again. So to be honest with you, for this race, I don't think it's advisable to try and see your athlete on the bike, especially trying to drive on the bike course either. Yeah, that's fairly dangerous. So, you know, go see your athlete on the swim. Go to town, grab a cup of coffee, relax, find some parking, um, maybe go have some lunch downtown in Santa Rosa somewhere. There's lots of great food here in wine country. Um, So your um, two questions for you, Dave. Where's your favorite place to eat in town? Well, if if I was an athlete and I was eating pre-race, I think one of the easiest kind of safest choices, it really depends on what you like, is Mary's Pizza Shack. And there's one right on 4th Street downtown. Pizza, pasta, salads, all kinds of, and it's, you know, it's reasonably, it's good quality. 
and it's you know a safe place. It's not a sketchy sketchy place right. to do it. But there's plenty of there's plenty of good Mexican places that you can do as well. Uh, if it was post race, I would, knowing me, I would find my way over to the Toad in the Hole, on on <laughs> near the corner of Fifth and Davis, which is right across from Echelon Cycle and Multisport. So if you need anything, pretty excellent beer. And, and I would have they've got a variety of beer, but their their burger and their fish and chips are fantastic. So. And there's only what like six tables in there. So yeah, that's... there's not there's not a lot of tables, but there's there's a bunch of space in there. But a lot of people won't venture over there at post race. But if you're around, check toad in the hole out. Right. Um, what about on race day if you're a family member and you want to get a sandwich or something? Is there an easy place to grab a bite? Easiest place to do, and I love these people there is Fourth Street Deli, um, right on the corner of Fourth and Mendo, where essentially is right on the finish line. And they'll be they're open race day. They're open the days before. Super nice people. Great people. Good sandwiches. All kinds of other stuff that's that's in there as well. So that would probably be the like the easiest place. Good quality. Uh, they've got good local sourdough breads in there and things like that. Great. Uh, anything you'd like to add? Any thoughts, ideas, tips? No, I hope when athletes come to town that they enjoy their time here. Um, I know there's a lot of athletes that have probably been here before, so they come in on Friday and they leave on Saturday after the race, and that's good. But if you're coming in from out of town, first off, if you see see me, come say hello. I'll be doing your race briefings and I'll be announcing, but say hello. But also take take some time to get around, and everyone likes to do. Uh, oh, I'm gonna go wine tasting, but don't forget there's a lot of good micro brews here. Everyone knows yeah. Russian River and Lagunitas, but there's a lot of other small ones. And Santa Rosa is starting to become known as Beer City. Yeah, the Cooperage. So say so the Barlow, the Barlow, uh, Fog City, um, the Hen House. I mean, little places like that you may have never heard of, but also to get out of the winery sort of mentality get to the coast get to the redwoods um, check out some of the small towns go through a little town called freestone and go to the freestone bakery the wildflower bakery yeah, wildflower bakery that's yes. it and get a so good a, a, what is it a cash only a, a sweet roll the size of your head but yeah. i mean just do take some time and drive around and get to the coast and take care of your friends and family that have come out to support you and show them some other stuff and put the bike away and I think Enjoy that's a great it. point, especially for somebody who used to be an out-of-towner and, and then uh, became a Santa Rosa yep. citizen. Yep. That so. was one of my favorite things to do. Actually, the day after the race, we'd always go out to Bodega and go to go to the ocean, go out on the beach, and I would stand in the 50-something degree water um, oh, yeah. just to get a little, a, a little recovery stimulated. So just a, a couple other little quick tidbits. Is there a safe place for athletes to swim around here and to go for a little bike ride that's not in the middle of downtown if they want to do their warm-ups during the week? Or I think a, a, if you want to, not complicated, if you want an open water swim, you can go to Lake Sonoma. I would recommend when you go and park, make sure you pay the parking fee um, for the for the park area. And I would walk across the parking lot and there's stairs actually that go down below right. the bridge as opposed yes. to going, everyone goes down the boat ramp and there's traffic and there's boats. just junk and boats. <laughs> go down the stairs, wear some flip-flops, whatever, and then you can get into the water there, swim down into the cove, so you, and then be careful, stay away from any boats. So that's one if you want open water. And most people, that's kind of what they're looking for. Um, what if they just want to go for a quick swim at the pool? Um, Finley and Ridgeway Aquatic Centers are probably the easiest in town. Those would be the two easiest. And for a bike ride, I see a lot of athletes when they stay in town, they ride straight out Third Street, you know, with the busiest time of oh, day. Right. And it's, it, it can be hectic. 
I'd recommend if you can get a your bike in your car, then drive out, sort of reverse on the bike course, head out Third Street and park at Willowside School, and then ride the reverse of the bike course from there. If you're riding for half an hour, just ride 15 minutes and reverse, turn around and come back. That way you ride on the bike course, but you're also, if you get that far out, you're away from traffic right. a little bit more. Or maybe the place to play. Park. Place to play is a good one. That's a good one. Place so to play on, on the trail on too. West Third. And then, you know, a lot of people do the same thing. They, they'll ride and they'll ride the run course. They'll ride on the, the creek trail, which is perfectly fine, but it's really not a safe place. You're going to want to get down in your arrow bars and, right. and, hammer. and, ride and hammer along. If you're people, just sitting up soft pedaling. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, and there's cracks in, in that that just aren't that great if you have your head down too. So, Right. Okay. All right. Well, I want to say thank you, Dave, for being on the show. And, again, if athletes have questions for Coach Dave and Answer Dave, you can find him at the expo this week starting on Wednesday. I'll be there starting Thursday morning. Thursday morning. Yeah, Thursday morning. Okay. So good luck to all of you racing. Race smart, race fast, have fun, and we'll see you next time. And don't take it too seriously. Have some fun. Right. Peace out, y'all.